and running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB and com. Welcome to the program. Uh, I am actually off today, but there's so much news. Uh, Charlie called me, my producer, and said, uh, you got to do a podcast. So I'm doing a podcast only because my producer is making me. (laughs) There there actually is a ton that we need to cover. I was on Bill Maher on Real Time on HBO season premiere Friday as the BuzzFeed story was falling apart. And then over the weekend, of course, the March for Life story falling apart time and time again, it appears the media is getting these stories wrong. So I want to jump uh, before we get to March for Life, jump to the BuzzFeed story. One of the most striking things about the BuzzFeed story is how the the, the media accountability complex is trying to defend BuzzFeed. And, you know, there is this media accountability complex. You've got uh, Brian Seltzler at CNN with reliable sources where he took the place of Howard Kurtz, who's now doing his own thing at Fox News. Uh, You've got the various columnists, uh, Eric Whipple at uh, Washington Post, who actually is one of the better at keeping everyone accountable. The New York Times is media media analysis columns and stuff. And and they're all basically uh, what did the media get right, get wrong. And to see so many of them uh, serving as apologists, for BuzzFeed, letting BuzzFeed get away with this. Uh, If you're not familiar with the story, I don't know what planet you've been on, but BuzzFeed did a story. uh, It broke overnight Thursday into Friday morning that Michael Cohen, based on a review of documents and the testimony from Michael Cohen, according to multiple sources, Michael Cohen told the Mueller team that the president had lie or told him to lie and orchestrated his lies to Congress, which is impeachable. We know this from the Bill Clinton impeachment situation. One of the grounds of impeachment for Bill Clinton was that he had uh, ordered people to lie under oath on his behalf or had helped them lie uh, under oath on his behalf. What I find very interesting and is a, a red flag here for me is that uh, Bob, uh, William Barr, the attorney general nominee, was asked about this on Thursday under oath before the Senate, and he said it would be impeachable. And then the story broke. And it almost makes me wonder. Actually, it doesn't almost. It, it does make me wonder if BuzzFeed uh, was actually leaked the story or that the story was coming to Democrats in the Senate so they could have it for William Barr going on and getting him on record. Did they essentially coordinate with Democrats in the Senate? And I think that's a question that needs to be asked uh, because I it was very interesting timing to have them under oath go over that uh, if the president was helping someone lie before Congress and then suddenly the BuzzFeed story drops and says, oh, guess what? It's true. It's true. He did. Well, as we now know, it wasn't true at all. Uh, the, the Mueller investigators have come out with a statement, and they rarely issue any statements. It's actually pretty profound that the Mueller investigators released a statement on Friday evening saying that BuzzFeed's description of uh, documents and testimony was not accurate. So Ben Smith, who is the editor of BuzzFeed News, went on Went on TV, went on Anderson Cooper on Friday, went on Reliable Sources. 
Uh, and, you know, let, let me just pause here. One of the things that I wrote on Thursday night, tweeted and then wrote on Friday morning was if this is true, then the president can be impeached and should be impeached. But we should tread cautiously over the story because, one, it sounds too good to be true. And two, the the lead writer of the BuzzFeed story was even accused by the Columbia Journalism Review of being a fabulist, meaning there were multiple stories where he said things were going to happen based on sources and they never happened. Uh, he's been accused numerous times of just making stuff up. He said he's gotten quotes wrong. There was a big kind of a, a defense of him written in 2014 that, oh, it was just he was playing, moving really fast, and that was the problem. His sources sold him out, blaming everybody but him. Also had a drug problem, been in recovery. Um, it, it just, it the story sounded too good to be true when you're dealing with a journalist who has uh, in the past, written several stories claiming sources say certain things were going to happen and it never happened. You should be cautious with this story. Well, it blew up in their faces. The Mueller team came out and said it, the way they characterized things was inaccurate. And so what does Ben Smith do on Anderson Cooper and the reliable sources? They stand by their story and they say this is on Mueller now to show, to show what they have. No, it's not on Mueller. The, the Mueller team subsequently leaked to the Washington Post, making very clear their statement saying that the documents and characterizations of testimony were inaccurate meant they think the whole story is wrong. In other words, the Mueller team is all but saying that Michael Cohen did not characterize his testimony to them. And BuzzFeed is standing by its story. That leads me to believe that BuzzFeed got its information from the Southern District of New York. The Southern District of New York is the district that is investigating the Trump Organization and several other entities. And I've seen several people speculate about this, and it makes sense to me that um, because the president is not being charged with a crime in those districts, they can uh, amp up their characterizations of what the president did because they're going after other people and they're trying to make the president look like he ordered other people. So the testimony may very well come from how the Southern District wants to um, wants to characterize the president. And since the president's not on trial there, uh, they can be a little bit faster and looser with the rules. They can be a little bit faster and looser with the accusations. I think it's very notable that the Mueller team is coming out and saying, no, this is inaccurate, and BuzzFeed is standing by the story. Now, part of it, of course, is job protection. BuzzFeed's editors have to stand by this. BuzzFeed is a failing entity. Uh, their CEO of, of and chairman of BuzzFeed has come out and said that other organizations need to get together and merge for the sake of them all. BuzzFeed is certainly having issues, and so they're worried about losing their jobs. They're worried about the integrity of their institution, but they screwed up. And it tells you everything you need to know about the media um, accountability groups out there the, the, um, that they are defending BuzzFeed. Or they're allowing BuzzFeed to come on and make excuses for BuzzFeed. One of the things that is very striking to me is that Jason Leopold, the lead writer, the one who has had problems in his past, he said on MSNBC that they had seen documents on CNN. Uh, his co-author or, or one of the editors said they had not seen the documents. There are already among the people who work at BuzzFeed discrepancies in their stories. And yet the media is allowing them to say, oh, no, it's on Mueller now. He, he issued this vague statement. We need to find out what he says. no. No, it is very rare for Team Mueller to issue any sort of statement. I can only think of an, one other time that they've done this, and this was, I believe, if I, memory serves, it was also a Michael Cohen story. Remember, McClatchy has a story out that Michael Cohen went to Prague, 
they did that original story. They followed it up very recently with a story that his cell phone was picked up on a tower in Prague. And Cohen has already pled guilty now. He's come out and admitted to a number of things he had previously lied about, and he's still standing by the fact that this did not happen. This is wrong. And the Mueller team, if I remember right, has also said the story is inaccurate. So you got two stories, both involving Michael Cohen, that, uh, and this is another big issue here. They're single source media stories, meaning no other media outlets have been able to get these stories. For some reason, sources only wanted to talk to McClatchy and to BuzzFeed, which is typically a big red flag that their story is wrong. Because very rarely do sources only want to talk to one entity. They're willing to talk to multiple entities. And in fact, after the BuzzFeed story has come out, the New York Times, the Washington Post, NBC News, Ronan Farrow from the New Yorker, and others have all come out and said, nah, all of our sources disagree with BuzzFeed. And yet BuzzFeed is largely being given a pass by the media accountability complex out there that, that looks at these things. Uh, and it has a lot to do with friendships, you should know as well. They're being given the benefit of the doubt because a lot of those people who would otherwise hold them accountable in the media sphere are friends of theirs. And there's a real bias of self-protection and self-preservation among friends there. And we should understand that. But BuzzFeed got the story wrong, which pivots then into the weekend and the March for Life. The huge story, Friday into Saturday, and I'm really glad I was traveling. So I, I did the Mars show uh, real time on Friday and flew back on Saturday, did not really look at the internet, didn't get an internet package on the plane on the way back. And there's this story about the kid confronting the the Indian man beating the drum, I guess I should say Native American, uh, beating the drum, and the media ran with it. People were quick to condemn the kid. He was wearing a red Make America Great Again hat, proof that he's racist. He's from Kentucky, proof that he's racist. He's at the March for Life, proof that he's racist. He goes to a private Catholic school, proof that he's racist and probably gay, according to the media. And they got the whole story wrong. They, they savaged this kid, the character assassination against him and his friends. Uh, you, you had actors saying we should out this kid, dox him, beat him, punch him in the face. Uh, go after his parents, ruin his parents, and it was the media got the story wrong. And by the way, a lot of these people who are savaging this kid, instead of apologizing, are just deleting their tweets as if it never happened. They got the story wrong. It turns out, if you bother to look at the full video, for multiple angles, for multiple people, uh, the kids were being heckled by a black cult called the Black Hebrews or some such, uh, yelling at them that your president's a homosexual, give the, the F word pejorative for uh, gay people rights was uttered by these people. They were calling the kids gay. Um, uh, there are multiple reports that these people were chanting the N word at some of the, the black students who were with the kids from the Catholic school. I think there was one or two black kids with them that they were being called the N word by this protest group being harassed. And this native American man pounding the drum comes towards them and pounds louder and louder and louder. Now some say, Oh, look at this. He's trying to, to break this up. But uh, the kids, at first, you could, if you watch the full video, it looks like, and, and Reason Magazine has pointed this out, now Kyle Smith over at National Review has, it looks like the kids are trying to decide first if he's on their side or not, and they join in the chanting, thinking whatever he's chanting, they're, they're chanting with him. Uh, he, but it turns out he's a, a left-wing troll as well, who has done this on other campuses uh, against conservative groups and others. And Nathan Phillips, the Native American man pounding the gun, goes to the Washington Post and blatantly misrepresents what ha what happened. The Washington Post runs his side of the story very sympathetically. Other media outlets pick up on it, and they got the whole story wrong. Nathan Phillips misrepresented, blatantly misrepresented what had happened. He said the kids came to them. The video shows he went to them. 
Uh, he says the kids were chanting, build the wall and whatnot. The video shows they weren't. Uh, he says the kids were mocking him. It appears the kids thought he was on their side as they were being heckled by this this black religious group of occult. And they started chanting with him until they realized he wasn't with them. The media completely distorted this. And now the New York Times are going, oh, additional facts complicate the narrative. But that's the problem here. The media is way more interested in narratives than they are facts. This story in particular is a pattern that goes all the way back to the Duke Lacrosse rape trial, where you saw a bunch of supposedly privileged white fraternity brothers accused of raping a black stripper, and turns out she made it all up. And the media for weeks savaged these kids. They had a uh, prosecutor who was politically ambitious, who fed them the story, led them amplified against these kids, destroyed their reputations, and it wasn't true. They were falsely accused. And the media, instead of really apologizing and examining how they got it wrong, just moved on to the next thing. And then you had the UVA situation. Or, I mean, forget Richard Jewell at the Olympics. You had him. Private citizen falsely accused. The media ran with the story because it was salacious. Uh, you get the Duke Cross case. The media had learned nothing between them. Then you get the UVA case with Rolling Stone making stuff up. There were actually reporters out there attacking people for daring to call into question the Rolling Stone story. That they were apologists for a group of privileged white fraternity rapists. But it turns out those who were skeptical of the story were right. The story was wrong. It was completely made up. And a lot of the reporters who were covering the story, uh, harassing the fraternity, you would have never known that they had been on the side of Rolling Stone. They just stopped talking about it. They never did a huge accountability project. They never exposed themselves. They never talked about why they got it wrong. They just pivoted. They moved on as if it had never happened. So now here comes this story, and it's the same narrative over again. Privileged white private school boys who are Trump supporters harassing a Native American and black people. They're racist, homophobes. They're bigoted, and it turns out it's all made up. And the media quickly shifts again. You can actually tell the legitimate, credible reporters out there, they're the ones who are examining this. Why did it get so screwed up? Jake Tapper at CNN is a great example of this. He was one of the very first ones out of the gate saying, wait a second, guys, looks like this story was wrong. And it was. Kudos to Jake for getting it right. So many of his peers in the media did not. And so many of them moved on to other things. You know, go full circle to BuzzFeed. The Washington Post, which started the whole thing by running the story, uh, unquestioning the story from Nathan Phillips, the Native American, they actually ran a story, an analysis on Friday of, oh, Fox and Friends isn't going with the BuzzFeed story, but everyone else is. Clearly, they don't want to have to deal with it. They don't want to have to tell their viewers what's happening. Maybe they move slow. Maybe they move slow because they too were tipped off that the BuzzFeed story wasn't wrong or wasn't right. In fact, I've heard uh, that many media outlets, including some that ran with the BuzzFeed story, uh, had been tipped off to the fact that they should move slow on the story. And Fox is the only one that did. The others are so into Trump derangement syndrome, they've rushed out of the gate. And I got to say, there are people who are just totally broken by Trump. And if Trump didn't break him, the Kavanaugh hearing certainly did. I mean, you got Kirsten Powers, who's always been a reasonable liberal out there, who's just doubled down in defense of this uh, Nathan Phillips guy, even though the video evidence clearly shows that he made up the story about the kids approaching him and whatnot. You've got other progressives out there doing the same thing. They are just broken by Trump. And if not by Trump, by events during his presidency, including the Kavanaugh hearing, the media all the time gets defensive when the president says they're the enemy of the people. And I don't believe that the American media actually is the enemy of the people. They are their own worst enemy. 
and they are increasingly, many of them, the enemy of the truth. There are some really good reporters out there who care deeply about the facts and getting it right, and they are overshadowed by an entire industry that no longer really cares about the truth. They care about the narrative. They care about storytelling, and if the facts conflict with the story, they will ignore the facts in order to tell the story. It is a problem. It is a problem because the media has developed this idea of uh, overarching narrative themes. I mean, the bad guy is always the white guy. The victim always must be elevated over the supposed victimizer, given the choice of two equal people. Uh, The one who's white male will always be portrayed as the victimizer. Uh, You know the narratives, and it's very straightforward what the media does. It is unfortunate, but it happens. We saw it in the Duke Lacrosse. We saw it in UVA. We saw it this weekend. Uh, we're, we're seeing it with the BuzzFeed story as well. The, the president, of, of course he did this. And I do have to admit, it is entirely plausible that the president did this, but there is no evidence. And that it's being refuted by the Mueller team makes me think it didn't happen. Uh, the president, say what you will about him, I think he is actually smart enough to know that after being president of the United States and being investigated by Bob Mueller, he probably does not want to coordinate lying before Congress with Michael Cohen, knowing that many of the Republicans in Congress themselves don't actually even care for him and would love an excuse to throw him out of office. He's smart enough not to do that. But the media is convinced he's, he's a megalomaniac, that he's dumb, and of course they bought this hook, line, and sinker, and they ran with it. And they got burned. You know what the media is not talking about? The media is not talking about the president's speech on Saturday. The president offered up a very reasonable compromise on Saturday to the Democrats. He offered up a compromise that abandoned the idea that Mexico would pay for the wall. He abandoned the idea that the wall would go coast to coast. And he abandoned the idea of getting rid of DACA. So he's going to keep the DACA kids here. He's going to stop deporting people who aren't breaking the law. He's going to give up on building just uh, the wall in urban areas, or give up coast-to-coast wall, only building it in urban areas. It's an entirely reasonable proposal. In fact, a lot of conservatives are outraged by it, by him appearing to compromise on DACA. And what was the immediate Democrat response? It was to say, hell no, I'm not going to do this. No way. The Democrats are the ones not being reasonable. The Democrats are the ones now keeping the government shut. The Democrats are the ones who are refusing to compromise. The media always treats compromise as a good thing. Here comes the president offering a compromise, abandoning key tenets that he's run on since 2015. And the press would rather harass white kids from Kentucky with a made-up story or defend BuzzFeed than talk about this because they know it potentially turns the tables on the Democrats. And it makes the Democrats look like they're the ones recalcitrant. It makes the Democrats look like they're the ones who want to keep the government shut down. It makes the Democrats appear unreasonable. And so the media is avoiding it as best they can. It is all entirely predictable. And it is why the president can go out and call the media the enemy of the people. And I disagree with the president on this, but I understand why people agree with him. I completely understand why people agree with him. And I think it's wrong, but I think the media plays into it. They would rather rush out with fake stories than dare to make the president appear reasonable. They would rather buy lies about the president than wait for facts. And when they do get the facts, dispute the facts and attack the the, the person who told them the facts, Bob Mueller, because it disrupts their narrative. The media, I I really do believe a lot of this with the media, yes, there are biases there, 
But I also think a lot of it has to do with the media's desire now for ratings and clicks. They would rather be first than be accurate. So they will rush a story out knowing they can post a correction and knowing that people's memories are so short term that they will forget the media got the story wrong. And when the next time they get the story wrong, they won't hold it against them. At some point, the media accountability complex needs to hold themselves accountable. At some point, you really do need to have the Brian Settlers of the world, the, the Eric Whipples of the world, and others uh, calling out their media brethren, including friends, saying, you know what, this is really unacceptable, BuzzFeed. You put a guy in charge of the story who already had credibility problems because of his past. You're doubling down on the story. The Mueller team is saying it's, it's inaccurate, and you're trying to make Mueller be the bad guy. I mean, by the way, one of the side effects here that I find very interesting is the people who've been savaging Bob Mueller are suddenly putting him on their shoulder and parading him through the streets as a champion of truth because he dinged BuzzFeed while the liberals of the world who love Bob Mueller and think he's going to be their way to get rid of the president are suddenly vilifying the guy because he dared to say something that BuzzFeed isn't true. Roles reverse. You know, I try, I'm not always consistent. No one ever is. I have multiple competing, conflicting ideas that I still maintain, as does everyone else. We're human. We're not going to be completely rational or logical and everything. But I try to be consistent on this stuff. I, I try not to vilify Mueller. I think he's doing his job. And I try not to vilify the press. I, I may go after individual reporters, but as an industry, recognize the media is made up of, of multiple reporters, some of whom do good jobs, some of whom do bad jobs. But they make it really hard to defend them when they do stuff like this. They never learn. Their, they want everyone else to learn lessons. They want to hold everyone else accountable, but the media never wants to be held accountable, and they never want to learn their lessons. And if anything, I think it's good that the president is calling them the enemy of the people. Not that I agree with him, and I do recognize it can make uh, things really problematic for the media, and I wish he wouldn't do it as much. But if forcing the media to finally get on their toes, forcing the media to account, forcing the media to realize it's screwing things up and needs to move slow isn't a bad thing. I wish he would go about it a different way. But the president attacking the media forces the media on its A-game. And what we're finding is that there are a lot of reporters who feel no need to be on their A-game. Or if this is their A-game, they're still failing. Their A is everyone else's F. They're doing a very bad job of it. The American media, the press corps, the national press corps, the American political press, I don't believe they're the enemy of the people. And I've got some good friends of mine who are really mad at me for defending the press all the time. I don't believe they're the enemy of the American public, but they are certainly increasingly the enemy of the truth. They are certainly the enemy of accuracy over the narrative. They, the media is best friends with the narrative right now. There are individual reporters who do fabulous jobs. I think the world of Chuck Todd, Jake Tapper, John King, Wolf Blitzer. Uh, there are some really good people out there. I, I know some of them personally. I count them as friends. I respect the jobs they do. They don't always get it right. And what I appreciate is that, that many times they come out and they say, you know what? We screwed up on this. We got it wrong. But then there are a lot of reporters who just move on. They don't want to look at what they got wrong. They want to hold everyone else accountable. They don't want to hold themselves accountable. BuzzFeed will never hold itself accountable. People at BuzzFeed probably should lose their jobs over the story, and they won't. And the media will give them a pass on it and go back to beating up Fox News instead. That is a clear bias in the media. Lies, damn lies, and members of the media. And we, at least, should hold them accountable. And we should remember we should fundamentally remember when the media screws up and continue to try to hold them accountable. This weekend, members of major media outlets defamed high school students and turned a blind eye as progressive activists doxed them, revealing their, their home information, address information, name, going after their parents, etc. 
For 24 hours, the online mob struck, and no one in the media did anything other than feed off the story. And then when people came back and pushed back and said, wait, 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 look at the whole video, you got it wrong. Then instead of very few, some did, some did, some did, oops, my bad, we got it wrong, here's why, I fell for it, I'm sorry. But a lot of them, they just sent it down the memory hole, and that's unacceptable. Maybe, just maybe, and I know this is a wild, crazy idea. Maybe, just maybe, the American media should shut the hell up about stories of conservatives and senior citizens believing fake news on Facebook. Because that's what the media is doing. I mean, the media, this this is just a, another example. This pops into my head at the, at the very end here as, as I'm trying to wrap up. The media has done all of these stories about conservatives believing lies told by Russian trolls on social media. And that's what the media is doing. The media is believing the lies told by trolls on social media, and they don't want to hold themselves accountable. They want to hold the the senior citizen conservative who voted for Trump accountable. There's hypocrisy right there again. The press is not truly the enemy of the people. They are increasingly, though, the enemy of the truth, the enemy of facts, the enemy of actually a fair exchange because they've bought in to the lies about Trump. They bought into the insanity about Trump. They bought into the narrative about Trump and they bought into a narrative. And so they're willing to ignore any facts, any story that might contradict that narrative. And it's starting to trip them up across the board. They should be ashamed and they should be recommitted to facts and truth and not just dumb narratives. I'm Eric Erickson. You guys have a great rest of the day. I will be back live tomorrow on WSB and always at theresurgent.com.